What's going on guys, The Lone Salesman here, and today we're going to talk about Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0, Thrice Upon a Time. So I just watched it in subs, and I got a lot more out of it this time. Like I said last time, I saw it without subtitles, so there was a lot of things I didn't understand, and there are some things I missed. And I didn't cover spoilers last time, I just kind of went into loosely what the plot was about and I talked about some character things. So this time I'm going to give a brief plot overview and also along the way explain some things I might have missed and some key details that maybe you might have missed or some things that might need some explaining. So. Here we go, without further ado, I'm just going to go in chronological order from when I saw it in the film. I got my notes here, so let's knock this out. Alright, first off, we get a nice little recap. So first off, we get a nice little recap, and one thing I noticed, a very small detail, but there were different aspect ratios between uh, recaps. Now, I going back to the older movies, I didn't notice this. But I'm not sure if it's because like after every impact, it's showing like a different aspect ratio, like the world's changed. I'm not sure. But anyway, we get that. And then the next 10 minutes is basically it's uh, W-I-L-L-E or Willy, I, I like to call it. They are denutralizing uh, the L field um, in Paris and they have some sort of new mechanism. And we have Mari piloting her Ava, modified with uh, machine guns. She's there to defend the objective. And, of course, we see modified angels being deployed from Nerve. Now, it's, it's loosely explained that these were, I guess, experimental or um, back in the day, I, I guess it was illegal to weaponize angels, but now that you know, it's the apocalypse. Um, you know, who cares, right? Their nerve is going to do whatever they want to do. So they basically not only did this to purify the zone, but they're also doing it to get extra parts for the Avas, which makes sense. They need to salvage whatever they can from nerve. So obviously nerve is trying to stop them, sending out these weaponized angels. And at one point we do see... Um, Perhaps the same sniper weapon that was used in the first movie or when they were fighting the uh, Diamond Angel. I'm not 100%, but I feel like that was the same cannon. And they block it with these uh, battleships they use as a shield. And Mari barely makes it out, but she defeats it just because she's a ferocious fighter. And there are some small things, too. Like, I don't know if you noticed, there's a lot of Panasonic uh, plugins, it's it's kind of like random, a little distracting. Like why do, you, like I don't know. It, it's fine. So after the scene, you know, it's a huge action scene. Not nothing much there. It's just we're we're just getting the crew. We're seeing Ritsuko. We're seeing the rest of the crew members basically just doing their thing to you know save the world. And right after this, we get to see Shinji, Asuka, and Ray. There were walking back and we get to see the apocalypse ridden world the results of the third impact and shinji is just feeling guilty you know he caused all this because he was kind of 
So he wasn't exactly tricked, but he kind of believed what he he was kind of tricked by his father. And then, you know, he got the spears and Kaoru sacrificed himself to stop this travesty. And he's still also feeling the trauma of seeing, you know, a close friend of his, his head just exploding right in front of him, taking, because originally, what would you know, going back, Willie was going to kill Shinji to stop the third impact. So what Kawadu did was he took the collar himself instead of Shinji dying and died for him. So he's still pretty upset about that. So this next 30 minutes, uh, it's it's a big tonal shift. We get the, it's so it was so strange to me when I first saw this, because I was like, we OK, we just had a huge climax from the previous movie. And now we had another good action scene just to kind of ramp it up. And then they switch to. The settlement area, which is we see familiar faces like Toji. His wife, which was the class rep, we see uh, Kaneki, and we also see some other familiar faces. And it's like, okay, so now we're in this peaceful situation, like uh, like the world's ending, but this settlement's fine. So they explain that basically there is a group of survivors that did survive the third impact, and now they're pretty much just living their lives. And Toji, he's kind of a doctor, but not exactly certified. They're just basically doing what they can to survive. So everyone's doing their job. And Asuka, she's just like, whatever, I'm just going to wait for the next mission. Shinji, he's still depressed. He doesn't want to talk to anyone. And Rei, uh, we have clone Rei. And she basically doesn't know anything about anything, right? So she's only she was only taught what she needed to know from Nerve. So now she's just asking, like, oh, what's this? What's this? Like, uh, Nikogo, you know, what's this? And, um, you know, everyone's kind of like, okay, well, this isn't Ray. It's strange that all the characters kind of accept that, too. They're like, oh, okay, well, maybe they think she just has amnesia. Like, they don't really know. They just kind of write it off as whatever, you know. They accept her into the society. And Ray kind of tries to integrate herself and become normal. You know, we kind of see each character do their own thing, right? Asuka is cutting herself off as usual, not very social, but very confrontational when it comes to Shinji. And uh, Rei, she's, like I said, clueless, a deer in the headlights, and Shinji is just completely depressed. They also explain that, I guess, that Willie had this uh, this setup where they had all these um, supplies sent from that corporation called credit uh they basically explain that that's how they're getting most of their supplies so eventually you know shinji comes back to his house and then he sees asuka which basically gives him the trauma like oh shit like this reminds me of kaoru when he died we see a naked asuka for whatever reason i don't know and then she's just like beating him up or at least mad at him because back in previous movies when she was stuck in the eva uh he never made a decision to save her or kill her so She's still kind of pissed at him from that. And of course, starting the impact. So we see a weird, you know, Ray becomes a rice farmer and she, you know, she uh, befriends these uh, normal people and she's just farming and everything seems normal. 
we get a strange conversation between Ray and um, Asuka. And Asuka basically tells her, like, look, you're programmed to have feelings for Shinji. And all of this is just fake. And what I didn't understand was like, well, wait, is Asuka like Ray? And later on, they they kind of insinuate that as well. Like, oh, these are the different types of pilots. Even Shinji was maybe psychologically they were modified to do these certain things, especially Ray being, you know, part of the clone series. Ray accepts this and she's just like, I don't care. You know, I'm going to live my best life and accept it for what it is and make the best of it. So it's a little uplifting. And we see Shinji, he kind of runs away. He goes off, you know, after Asuka force feeds him and, you know, yells at him for being a, a coward or whatever. He runs away to this old abandoned nerve facility and he's just sitting there and won't talk to anyone. Ray occasionally visits him and, you know, gives him food, tries to give him the MP3 player, which is important or the cassette player it was owned by his dad so every time he sees it he's reminded by it and eventually ray does convince him to come back so then we get to see uh the outside world more the wanderers or the headless avas like wandering around it's like the intermittent of the human instrumentality project it's like not quite there yet so we see these weird things and uh you know shinji's just trying to do his part or at least he tucks the Kaneki. Then we get another strange thing with Ray, where it's saying her suit, her LCL is is uh becoming unstable. And then she realizes, like, oh, I'm a clone, and yeah, there's no way I can operate outside of nerve. So uh we later get to see Kaji and Misato's son. He's the heir, and basically she's you know, he doesn't even know that he's related to Misato or Kaji. They, he just knows that his parents are dead or whatever. You know, since she's leading the cause, she didn't want to. She, she knew she couldn't be a mother for him. So she just let him do his thing. We also later learned that Kaji sacrificed himself to help stop the third impact. So. After one last talk with Ray and Shinji, you know, she's just like thanks him and she ends up passing away and turns into LCL. She it, it's strange. She turns in back into her white suit. The meaning behind that maybe is that, you know, she's back to her old self or her spirit still lives on, and then she goes. So after this, you know, Shinji's like, fuck man, you know, like all right, now I need to fight. And everyone, of course, has conflicting thoughts about this because, uh, you know, like we later see a scene where the crew is debating, like, should we even take this guy on? Do we have a choice? Like, you know, whatever. Um, and this later comes up in the ending. Also, we see a short conversation between Ritsuko and uh, Misato about preserving life. They have, like, seeds on the ship, so I guess it was mainly meant to be like an ark, like Noah's Ark kind of, you know, Evangelion has a lot of biblical references. So the ship is basically um, kind of like Noah's Ark and has all these seeds. So uh, in case the world falls, they can replant everything. We also see, uh, we go back to Gendo and 
later cut back to Gendo and Buyutsuki, and they're just kind of explaining what they're trying to do next. Got the new Ray units to pilot these uh, new Avas they created. To, and then, of course, their plan to start the fourth impact. Now, the thing with the fourth impact, like they kind of explain, okay, they're above this black moon and their base is below this giant like crater. And I guess the main thing with that thing is that thing is supposed to create the spear in which is used to, you know, destroy the world and finish off the human instrumentality it's they basically explain the ore or the black moon that that turns into the spear they use to finish it up we later also see a conversation with shinji and asuka they kind of make up they're like all right we both grew up we're better than what we're used to which is a little relieving you know we we see less of shinji being a coward in this you know after after that whole 40 minutes of him just groveling we finally see him kind of own up to his mistakes and so does asuka a little bit so we, the geography between everything is a little strange because i guess all of this takes place in the south pole and they're being launched from space or something like the this part confused me a lot and if you guys know because when the ship takes off it looks like it's taking off from the moon or just maybe a different part of the world and they say that they're going to the South Pole of where the original second impact happened to basically dive in and stop the plot of everything. So uh, that's when the big action scene happens. There's a different Wunder ship. So the ship is called Wunder and they see different versions of it. The nerve. So it's originally a nerve schematic and uh, I guess nerve finished the ship. So they're fighting them. See these weird Avas with like skull heads? Like, I didn't really understand the point of that. Maybe because they're more human. They're uh, seeds of Adam or Lilin. They're not looking like angels so much. They're looking like humans. So I think that was the reason for that design choice. We finally see Asuka. You know, they, they launched all their weapons and they destroyed this crater. So now the Unit 13. The same um, Eva that was piloted by Kaoru and uh, Shinji is revealed. So Asuka goes in for the attack while Mari is defeating all the other angels. She's like taking them out by the thousands. Like there's a huge action scene. It's, it's pretty spectacular. And then we see her try to. Her Eva opens its AT field because it's scared. Because. And this this later comes in, right? So we know that the AT field is basically like your soul, right? So when you open it, it's like someone's coming into your soul. So if it's getting blocked or it's blocking something, you know, these Avas represent, you know, the mother of these children. So the Ava is trying to protect uh, Asuka because it knows that, you know, attacking this unit is going to cause some trouble. So eventually she does break it. So then Asuka does this really strange thing where she takes off her eye patch and we see the same uh, mechanism that controls the L fields come out of her eye and we discover that she's actually part angel, just like Ray, which is like, what? So I guess when she, there was a the whole reason. So that's, that's what makes sense now. 
is why she was piloting that Ava in the second movie is because she was part angel. So she had the same, I guess, similar thing to Ray. You know, she has the angel blood, so she's like a, a mix. And she unleashes that. She does like this huge berserk mode. She turns her Ava and herself into an angel. And she tries to dive in and defeat the Unit 13. However, its AT field is just too strong. And she even starts to get manipulated herself by her original self. Or what we see to be her original self. And it abducts her and takes her in. Kind of like what happened in the original series when uh, Ray was absorbed. Or e even the second movie when Ray was absorbed by the angel or Ava. And this was huge to me because I was like, I always thought that Asuka was her own person. She was like Shinji, just a normal kid who was chosen for this project. But now it seems like she's been experimented this whole time. And we're at least in the second movie from that point. And she is turned into this half angel, half human creature. So then we see um, Wunder is getting fucked up again by another type of Ava Mark IX. They seem to have the same uh, virus ability that was shown in the show. And it was also showcased in the third movie as well. So that thing is kind of stopping the ship. Madi is eventually defeated. Her arms are torn off. She can't really fire anymore. And then finally, we see the new spear created. So the fourth impact, everything's coming together. So while this is happening, the ship fucking falls. And Misato just says, fuck it. Her and uh, Ritsuko, they go confront Ikari Gendo. And they look at him face to face. And Ritsuko just does the first thing anyone else would do. And just tries to shoot him in the head twice while he's talking. And... He later explains that he's pretty much given up his humanity and you see his brain and his gut, like, you know, his, his skull is just opened up and he's like, yeah, I gave up my humanity. His eye is like almost like an angel, like it's like it's energy. So he basically is like, yes, I gave up my humanity and you just can't kill me that way. So he later explains that each impact has its own meaning. So the second impact was the ocean. That's why the ocean turned from blue to red. And that's why the series opens up with that, because that happened in the past. And the third impact, the earth turns, you know, takes the earth away. So that's why in the third movie, we see the earth being destroyed in nothing. And then finally, fourth impact is meant to take over the soul or reinvent that. So his main thing is to reunite all souls together so he can see his wife again. That's what happened in the original uh, series. You know, it combined everyone's thoughts and meanings, breaks all the AT field. So uh, going back to the AT field thing, these it's basically explained that everyone has an AT field and this is what's stopping us from connecting with each other. Only by opening them up to each other is how we, you know, connect. And, He's saying, well, let's get rid of that. And so everyone's just one collective. It's a very convoluted plot just to get reunited with your wife. But that's what it's all about. This guy's trying to do whatever he can after working on the Ava project, doing all this, sacrificing everything. 
or his wife even doing that. You know, he wants, that's all he wants. He just wants to get her back. He also wants to kind of just transcend humanity and pretty much mimic what the angels are. They, they, he keeps explaining that, well, while the humans took the fruit of uh, knowledge, the angels took the fruit of life. So they have the key to surviving, you know, as humans, you know, we have limited lifespans. Well, he wants to transcend that, become gods, give that to everyone. But obviously that's sacrificing everything we know. So finally, we see Shinji appear Well, after he explains all this and he realizes he has to be the one to confront Gendo. So Gendo's like, all right, well, come get me. I'm in Unit 13. He goes into this anti-universe to use the spear. But before that happens, the crew tries to stop Shinji. They're like, look, last time you tried to do something like this, you tried to end the fuck. you almost ended the world. We see uh, one of the main crew members who she uh, earlier explains that her family was killed because of Shinji, and she tries to stop him. Then we see Sakura, uh, which I failed to mention earlier. She was upset to see him. She was happy to see him, but she was mad to see him. You know, she cares about Shinji, and you know, she was mad at him for for leaving because you know he basically kind of like betrayed her, but. It was for what he thought was doing good, right? So she tries to shoot him. And before she can do it, Masato takes the bullet. <laughs> and everyone's just, like, shocked. And Masato's like, I believe in Shinji, so you guys should too. So then later, Shinji's like, hey, Ray, You know, the anti-universe is, like, this huge construct. He realizes there's no way he's going to find his father without Ray, and somehow he transports to the Unit 13 and asks her for help. And presto, he's there. And Ray has this. She, we see her with this long hair. She looks beautiful. Um, I'm not really sure what the main. Maybe like that's like they're trying to say that's like her perfect form or something. Like this is her final form, I guess. With what nerve made her into, but she still, you know, loves Shinji and wants to help him. So that's what she does. So finally, we have this weird uh, confrontation between Gendo and Shinji. They're having this big fight with the spears. Shinji's spear is the spear of hope, and Gendo's is the spe uh, spear of despair. So they're having this big fight. And they're they're switching from scene to scene. Like first they're in the city, everything's all choppy, and then they switch to uh, the beginning of, which is like the beginning of the first episode of Evangelion or the movie. They pretty much emulate it shot for shot. Later they go even like to ridiculous places like Misato's apartment with all the beer cans and everything, all the whole mess. And they even go to a uh, classroom, Ray's apartment different scenes throughout the series and then they find then they finally go to the village which we saw earlier him and Genda realize that they can emulate each other's movements there's no point in fighting so they talk it out like this is the climax to your movie like they just decide we're not going to fight we're going to talk and meanwhile while this is all happening we see the Black Lilith and the additional impact coming 
where we see this giant human-like feature of Ray. It's it's not like an anime face, but it looks like a real person's face. It's very creepy, and she turns all the wanderers into headless Ray bodies. And then we get this really important scene between Fuyutsuki and Madi. And Fuyutsuki recognizes Madi and calls her a name that no one else uh, mentions. Um, I can't remember the last, it's like Madi Inoue. And I'm like, wait a minute, how does he know who she is? And she's like, oh, no one's called me that in a long time. And from what I got from this is because we see her in other later scenes between Gendo talking about Yui in the flashbacks, we see like a woman that looks like Madi. So I think Madi must have been on this development team and must have defected to a different company after everything went down. So she, even though she's like my least favorite character, it seems like she's kind of like the missing connection between the two organizations, Willie and Nerve. And she's not who she seems to be. She seems to be like maybe she sacrificed her bodies to clone herself or, you know, pilot Ava's something like that. And because she's the one to confront him and she's like, yeah, the jig is up, you know, kill yourself, whatever. Because she's just there to kind of help stop the uh, angels attacking and the additional impact. Like I said, she destroys the rest of the Mark 7s and Mark 8s going into her own mode. Again, they're talking more and more. Gendo's kind of explaining why he's doing what he is and who he was in the past. And it turns out he's not too different from Shinji, a lonely. He was very lonely and couldn't connect with anyone, family, friends. So him and Shinji, Shinji is the product of him the way he is because that's just who he is. And and I think maybe the creator must have emulated this too because there's a lot of shots. A lot of the shots in the uh, movie are from Ube, which I think is his hometown, which is in the uh, Yamaguchi Prefecture in Japan. Not very, very well known. I mean, some people know it. I've, I've been there, but it was a very particular scene to put in the in the movie. So finally, we see kind of the anime ending where Shinji is talking to everyone and he's just kind of making amends. He even talks to Kaoru, he talks to Kaji, he talks to Asaka, he apologizes to her, he admits that he had feelings for her, he talks to Rei, and then he realizes that the only way to fix the world is a neon genesis, or, a, you know, not change too much, but just get rid of the Avas, get rid of the, the angels, get rid of everything. And he he wants to sacrifice himself. He's like, look, I'm going to sacrifice myself, bring the world back to normal. Before he does that, Gendo takes, or Yui, his mother, takes the spear away from him. Because remember, she is in the soul of the original Ava. So she sends him away. And while she does that, Gendo joins her, and they that's how they join. He, he joins her in death. And I thought that scene was beautiful i mean despite gendo you know ending the world we see this beautiful scene where they're transcending and then finally we see mari she 
turns out to have survived. And we also see Shinji. Well, Shinji's waiting on the beach. And we see a strange storyboard forming into like notes, into black and white drawings. And then it goes back to color once Mari enters the scene. It's a very interesting artistic choice. I think it's just kind of showing that this is the end or I don't know. Like it was a very particular choice. And finally, we see everyone at the train station, the Ube train station. We see uh, now in the original time, the first time I saw this, I didn't see Kaoru, Rei and Asuka in the background. I think they added that in because in the, in the original ending, I did see Mari. She comes up to Shinji. She's like, hey, guess who? You know, she does that early in the film. And they live their life. They go somewhere. And it's it's a seemingly happy ending. And when you think about the name of the film, Thrice Upon a Time, I mean, we've had three iterations of the endings to these, these series. I mean, we have the original anime ending, which is a huge talking thing. It's very complicated hard to follow then we get the anime ending movie which is supposed to follow that which is kind of like the worst ending it's the apocalypse basically and shinji basically just wishes for everyone to just die and this is the final this is the good ending i mean the original anime ending was kind of a good ending too because he confronts all everyone's problems and fears and um, it was just poorly executed, I guess, because the show kind of ran out of money towards the end. But this movie kind of wraps everything up, and I feel like they just did a better job of explaining everything, maybe. And even if you didn't watch the anime and you just watched the movies, you still get a understanding of what they were trying to do. Like, this was a progression of the apocalypse happening to to fuse everyone together, to bring Gendo back to his wife. That's what this was all about. And then Shinji is just a product of all that trauma. And then he's carrying this burden, you know, and finally everyone grows up. Asuka realizes, you, you know, she had a scene earlier too with herself. She realizes her flaws and, you know, she was jealous of Shinji. That's why she always hated him because she always saw him with his family. Uh, her past is, you know, her mother killing herself when she was a very young age and all she had was her imaginary puppet to talk to and for some reason Kaneki the guy with the glasses picked, you know he's the one to kind of talk to her about it because I guess they did live together but there's a strange connection between those two but the real important scene was when Shinji finally apologizes to her and he's like look I'm sorry for being so indecisive and you know I like you too he just didn't know how to deal with those feelings. So overall, I'm I'm satisfied and I'm hoping that they just leave the series as is. We don't need to see any more to this, right? I mean, Evangelion was just meant to have these deep meanings, this deep lore, the science to it. And then all of that leads to what seems to be the apocalypse. But really, it's all just a guy trying to get his wife back and everything in between just the sacrifices the symbolism to christianity everything it's amazing it's a beautiful series like 
I've seen other shows that somewhat get to this level, but the show is a masterpiece. And when I was done with it, I just watched it again. I'm just, I'm just happy. I'm just happy to see a happy conclusion to all of this. I, I don't mind that. I mean, even before the dark endings were satisfying too, because you just see this beautiful, like giant master, like this art of the world just ending. It's just nothing. Like you, you just speechless when you see the scene of the world ending. Like I can't describe everything, but I highly recommend you go see it yourself. And I hope you got something out of this. I briefly explained a little bit of everything. If you have more questions, leave a comment and I will answer to the best of my ability. Let me know if I missed something. And I hope you guys enjoyed the movie and I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Thank you. Lone Salesman out.